I don't like going out to eat, out to eat with bird eaters, them little bird feeder people. Because the, them people eat like birds. They, they make me feel some kind of way. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They kind of, you know, pick a little, little nibble this, nibble this. Take me out some folk who like the grub. So neither one of us got to feel bad. And I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for more of what God has in my life. And I want you to be hungry like I'm hungry for what God has in your life. And so you got to kind of, you know, adjust your seating arrangement sometimes in church. Because some folk come to church already full and you know I'm all right. Well, I'm not all right. I mean, thank God for what he's done, but God says I have much more for you. And I'm ready to live this abundant life he has. Now, 2023, we declare was the year of restoration. And I told you restoration is preparation for much more. Y'all remember that? And restoration is just the beginning of what God has in store for his people. And God wants to do something great in our lives. I told you Wednesday night, remember this statement I made. Restoration is the door to a dream life. Remember that? Restoration is the door to a dream life. Psalm 126 verse 1 in the New English translation says, When the Lord restored the well-being of Zion, we thought we were dreaming. We thought we were dreaming. In other words, when God restores, when God turns everything around, it ought to feel like a dream to you. And if your life doesn't feel like a dream, then you're not, you're not where God wants you yet. I, I, better, I, I saw one hand over here. I'll stay with Crystal. If your life doesn't feel like a dream, then you're not where God wants you yet. I, I imagine, I, I understand why Chris was waving her hand. And to see where God has brought her, how God restored her, and where he's taking her, it ought to, it ought to, you ought to just be just trying to pinch yourself. Is this real? And when God restores your life, it ought to feel like a dream. He said, that, that's what the word said, when the Lord restored the well-being of Zion, we thought we were dreaming. I imagine, I imagine, the baker, that that's how Job must have felt. Remember Job when in chapter 1, Satan came to try him? And God said, say, what, where, you, where you coming from? He said, I've been everywhere. He said, you've been checking out Job, haven't you? Yeah, but you know, you got this blessing, this hedge about him. In other words, God didn't suggest Job. God knew Satan was already checking Job out. Read the text. And, and, and Job, Job lost nearly everything. But in the 42nd chapter of Job, the last chapter, everybody say the last chapter. chapter. Otherwise, it ain't going to end the way it started. Now, I, I <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I guarantee you, most of you have at some point read part of Job chapter 1. And I guarantee most of y'all have read most part of Job chapter 42. But most of us have not really delved into 2 through 41. Tell the truth, tell the truth. We've not really delved into it. And, and it's, a, it's a lot of good stuff in chapter 2 through 41. But it doesn't really matter. All we know is everything fell apart in chapter 1. And by the time you get to 42, <laughs> it all gets put back together, plus some. 
in Job 42, verse 10, Job, Job 42, uh, verse 10 in the message translation, it says, after Job had interceded for his friends, God restored his fortune and then doubled it. Y'all didn't catch that. After Job had interceded for his friends, God restored his fortune and then doubled it. So notice that when God restores, he doesn't leave you back where you started. Can you imagine how Job must have been pinching himself? It felt like a dream to him. He remembers how he lost everything and, and, and how, I mean, he had it good before he lost everything. But when God restored, God doubled I mean, he was probably feeling like he's living a dream life. I declare this year, may the Lord give you double for every misfortune. Lift your hands. May the Lord give you double for every misfortune the devil has brought on your life. Shout, I receive it, I receive it. May he give you double. Some of y'all hard-headed as a... May the Lord give you double for every misfortune the devil has brought in your life. Yeah, just, if they, they ain't going to do it, just take somebody else's. I, 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 I tell you if, you, if you and I don't quit, we know from Job's story, God will turn it around. Job's wife tried to get him to quit. His friends came along with discouragement. It was all an attempt by Satan to get him to quit. Remember, remember the wager, if you allow that, Satan made was that God, if you let me touch him, he will curse you to your face. So Satan was pushing and pushing and pushing, trying to get Job, who loved God, to curse God to his face. But Job, in all his misery, in all his misfortune, refused to quit. And I'm telling you, if you just won't quit, Tell your neighbor, don't quit, don't quit. If you just won't quit, the, the devil is not your marriage he's after. Y'all missing. It's not your health he's after. He's trying to get you to quit. But if you don't quit, God will turn things around. Yes, he will. Give me James chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. James chapter 5, I'm going to get to verse, verse 11. I want you to see something here. In James 5, I want you to know that God will turn around because God has a plan yes, for your life. Notice it says James 5, verse 9. I start there for context's sake. He says, do not grumble against one another. Tell your neighbor, stop talking about me. <laughs> what you need to do in this season is... And tell them, stop talking about other people too. Keep your mouth off other folk. Y'all quiet. Keep other folk name out your mouth unless you're interceding for them. Unless you're praying for their goodness and their prosperity, keep other folks name out your mouth. There's not the time to grumble. The reason the children of Israel died in the wilderness is because they were grumbling and murmuring. Oh, I know it's a word. This ain't the time to grumble. God is bringing us into a season of much more. You don't have time to have anybody else name in your mouth. 
He says, don't, don't do it, brother, unless you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. In other words, uh, uh, James says that the judge, capital J, meaning the Lord, he's listening. So while you think you at dinner and you at home and you in your, you know, your bedroom or you through your text and nobody knows you're talking about them, God says, I'm listening, I'm at the door. So tell your neighbor, stop it. For sure, don't grumble against your man and woman of God. Don't. Y'all quiet. For sure, don't grumble against your man and woman of God. Because your future and your prosperity is in our mouths. Hallelujah. It says, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. Notice he says this. You have heard of the perseverance of who? This is the only other time that Job is missing outside of the, of the Old Testament, outside of that book. He, you, you remember the perseverance of Job, and watch this, seeing the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So you know his perseverance. How many of y'all know his perseverance? You, you read his story. Whether you read just 1 and 42 or 1 through 42, you know his story. Everything fell apart. But notice he says here, and you have, uh, and you've seen the end intended by the Lord. Which meant that God's intent was to take what the devil meant for evil and turn it. Oh, boy. For good. In other words, somehow God in his wisdom knows how to make everything that's evil turn for your good. So that's why it didn't matter how chapter 1 went and how chapter 2 went and how chapter 15 went and how chapter 25 went. All we know is by the end, what God intended was for a doubling, a multiplication, an increase in Job's life because the Bible told us Job feared God. He shunned evil. And anytime you're going to fear God and stay out of evil, God makes himself obligated to prosper you. Y'all didn't hear it. I wish y'all would wake up and pay attention. Anytime you're going to serve God and fear the Lord, he's going to obligate himself to bless you. And what we don't know is sometimes when the devil comes with an attack, that the attack is really a setup. Because God knows you. And he's not going to let you be tried more than you can handle. Uh, to, 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 to you, y'all remember slingshots? Yeah. A bow and arrow? Yeah. Or, or to, to, to get it to go farther, you got to pull it back farther. So when the devil pulls you back, oh, y'all, okay, I got this. In, in my backyard, there's a big pool. And, and I love the, the, when I used to get in the pool all the time, is you get a, 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 you know, a beach ball. You remember as a, as a kid taking a beach ball? And you push that beach ball down. Now, if you only push it down a little bit, it just came up. But if you, the, the more you push that ball down, once it's released, the higher it goes. 
So the devil sometimes is allowed. To push you and oppress you. But God knows how much you can handle. Remember the story when, when, when Job, when Satan came to God about Job, God said, okay, but there's a limit. God knows your limit. So if you're going through it, don't quit. Because there's an end that's intended by the Lord. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. I pray this year the Lord will turn every demonic attack in your life, every demonic setback into a divine setup for double blessing. Did you catch that? I said, may the Lord turn every demonic setback into a divine setup for what? Double blessing. Shout out to the name of double blessing, double blessing. Are you ready to double from where you were? James chapter 1, this is why you and I have to be excited in the midst of our tribulation. I know you don't feel good in tribulation. You don't feel good under persecution. You don't feel good under attack. But James chapter 1 verse 2 through 4 tells us this. Count, my brethren, my brethren, go drink some wine and sit by, listen to them sad song. My brethren, help me out. Come on, help me now, help me. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. What does it produce again? And then it goes on to say this, but let patience... Let patience finish the job. Let patience finish the job. That or so that you may be perfect and complete. Watch this last part. (laughs) So not only will you lack nothing in your spiritual development, but you will lack nothing in your material manifestation. Because spiritual development is all about being perfect and complete. Spiritual development. But lacking nothing is making sure you have everything you need in this life. So when you go through, get excited about it. Pastor Kim's right. When you, you come out here and you see folk kind of half-heartedly praising, half-heartedly just kind of just standing, uh, it's because you're probably not feeling like, you know, you know I'm, I'm going through something and I don't feel like it. Girl, bro, that is the time to go crazy with your praise. Tell you that, but you don't get it. You don't get it. When you're not feeling it, that's the time to go crazy. When the devil's going crazy on you, that's the time to go crazy in your praise. We call it the sacrifice.
sacrifice of praise. And if the devil can steal your praise, he'll steal your joy. And if he can steal your joy, there's no fuel for your faith, you're a dead duck. Help me before I go on. I'm ready to move on. But tell your neighbor one more thing. Say one more thing. You better get your praise on. You can sit all cute if you want. You better get your praise on. Sit down. Sit down. Count it all joy. You can't sit there and your mouth all turned up. Well, Pastor, but you don't understand. Who almost said, I almost said that. I almost said that what you just said right there, but I didn't say it because I didn't want it to go all across the world. We just said back in the day, child, please. What you're going through ain't different than anybody else in the whole world going through. You, you just the only one crying about it. Remember what James 5.11 says, you have heard of the perseverance of Job. You've heard of, per- of the perseverance of Job. In other words, remember Job's story. Now remember this story. Who, who was the villain? Who was Job's attacker? Satan. We know that Job 2 verse 7 tells us that Satan left the presence of God and Satan went and he struck Job. So it wasn't God. I don't care what preacher says that God did this. I don't don't care if Job says God did this. Because remember, through the scriptures, Job says, even says, God, look what you did to me. God never did anything to Job. The Bible clearly says Satan did this. Am I right about this? Okay? Satan, his name means adversary. You look it up in the Hebrew, it's, it means adversary. Okay, but although Satan was adversary, what was the Lord's intent? To double him, to increase him. James 5.11. Put up this time, James, give me James 5.11 and Amplified Classic. James 5.11 Amplified Classic. It, watch what it says. It says, you know how we call those blessed happy who were steadfast, who endured. You have heard of the, pers- of the endurance of Job. And you have seen, watch this, the Lord's purpose and how he richly blessed him in the end. The Lord's purpose and how he richly blessed him in the end. So God's purpose was to bless you in the end. Y'all got this here. God's purpose was to, I love Job so much. I want to, I, I, I love Job so much. I mean, remember God, God bragged on Job. God said, I want to, I want to increase him. I want to bless him. So I'm, I'm going to let you try him. But when he comes through, he's going to come through like pure gold. And I'm going to increase him more and more. That's his purpose. Now, we saw in Job's story, Satan, and we saw the Lord. Now, back in our main text in John 10.10, 10, 
Jesus gives us a side-by-side contrast, not a comparison, a side-by-side contrast of himself and Satan. You understand comparison and contrasting are two different things. When you compare something, you show similarities. When you contrast, you show its differences. Jesus is nothing like the devil. The devil is nothing like Jesus. So we can't compare him. The Bible says, who shall we compare to our God? There's, There's no God and no thing that's similar to our God. So in John 10.10, we see this side-by-side contrast of God's intent versus Satan's intent, the Lord's intent versus Satan's intent. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. We know this, right? So we see on one hand, Satan is a thief. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. And notice... He does not come except to. Other translations say he only comes to. So the only reason Satan comes around is to still kill and destroy. You, how, many of y'all, how many of y'all know what a track record is? I don't, I don't mean, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, Flojo. I'm talking about track record. <laughs> when, in other words, when you look back at someone's life and see how they've lived, and they have a track record of, in any situation, you kind of know what they're going to do based on their track record. You can track them. You've seen every situation how they behave. Satan has a track record. He's consistent. Every time you've seen him operating, he's either been stealing Killing or destroying. Now, why in the world would you let him in your house? Why? It's his track record, Laquanda. Why in, I almost said, why in hell? Why in the world would you let the devil who has a track record? of stealing and killing and destroying, why would you let him in your car? Why would you let a person who has a track record of stealing and killing and destroying, why would you let him in your life? And yet the whole world is toying around with him the Bible says Satan deceives the whole world. Revelation 12, 9, somewhere around there. He deceives the whole world. The, my, my problem isn't what he's doing in the world. My problem is what he's doing to Christians who want to dibble dabble around with the devil and act as if he's not going to steal, kill. Somehow you think you're going to be the only one that he doesn't steal from, kill, or destroy. Tell you that, but you ain't that smart. You ain't that smart. We used to sing a song back in the day, Elder Warren, Don't Let the Devil Ride. Because if you let him ride, he's going to want to drive. Tell your neighbor, don't let the devil ride. Don't let him him. And too many folk, y'all better hear me. Let me pass it this morning. 
many folk are up in, right up in this church and keep letting the devil ride and wonder why you keep losing stuff? You better check. Check who's on your on your check 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 who's on your faith five. Check 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 who's in your car. Check who's in your house. Check who's in your life. Check who you dating. Check who you running with. Check. Check. What you saying is people that's the devil know. There are no people who the devil, but there are people who the devil will work through. And if you don't have enough sense to check them out. We used to say this back in the day when I was growing up too. If you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. That's why the Bible says give no place. Give no, give no room to the devil. If you even look like you play with the devil, don't, you, don't, 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 do not, you're not welcome in my house, in my car. Matter of fact, I don't want to sit next to you in church because you might steal out of my wallet when I'm not looking. tell my wife all the time. My wife was just because she's just so trusting and loving. She'll leave her purse all sitting around open and walk around, be gone somewhere. And I say, like, baby, everybody in church ain't saved. You think everybody up in here saved? You think everybody on your row is saved? Sanctified? Filled with the Holy Ghost? With a mighty burning fire? I'm going to have to stay right there because I don't, I don't like how some of y'all looking. Let me stay right there. You know now in school, now in, or, or in the workplace, they are now upping the requirements for certain jobs. Now it used to be, you know, you could work in certain industries. You don't need any kind of degree, any kind of diploma. But now because of, you know, how things are, they are upping the requirements. You got to have a diploma. You got to have a, de a degree in associates or you got to have a bachelor's there. They're, they're making people go back to school who've been working 20 and 30 years in the industry and saying, we, I, know, I know you know what you're doing, but we need you to go back and get this degree because it's what we're requiring. And so if, if that's what the world is doing, you better rest assured I'm going to do the same thing. Yes, sir. Some of y'all folk want to date folk. Let me just hold my head down. It used to be you only required them to have two legs and two eyes. Or maybe they, maybe, maybe they, they just went to church. But if I were in a dating scene now, I'd be saying, no, you got to be saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, with a mighty burnt, oh, come on. I can't trust you, you just saved. Because you saved, you might slip. But if you saved and sanctified, your eyes ain't going to be everywhere. Some, some of y'all, some of y'all, you just saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled fire baptized, running for your life with a mighty burning fire, got Jesus on your mind and I ain't turning back. No, he, 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 he got he to gotta have a degree. He got to have a degree. Bump a degree. 
Because there's some smart sinners. You might put the way they're doing job, job announcements, degree preferred. Degree preferred. But minimum requirements. Saved. Sanctified. Holy Ghost filled. Fire baptized. Y'all ain't saying much to me. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Pastor, finish your message. Okay, okay. I ain't gonna finish. Let me just get. So, so, so people, most people don't even realize that Satan is the one behind their pain. People in the world don't know it at all. They, they act like Satan is some mythical creature. But somebody tell you neighbor, Satan is real. The devil's he's real. He's he's real. Stop playing with him. He's real. Listen to me very carefully. If you're not saved today, to live without Jesus Christ gives the enemy free reign in your life. To live without Jesus Christ gives the enemy free reign in your life. It's like it's like picking up somebody who you know. They're a thief and dropping them off at your house and you leave and go to the store. But to live without Jesus Christ in your life gives the enemy free reign in your life. First Peter 5 verse 8 says this, the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So you got to be discerning. Be careful about who you allow in your car and in your house, in your life. Do you want thieves or do you want givers? See, a giver will come to your house and bring something. Chris, y'all know about the family reunions and the family dinners people have where some folk don't bring nothing but aluminum foil. Some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? They're the ones who they don't bring any food, they don't bring no ice, they don't even bring no juicy juice, nothing. but all ready for some to-go plates. Matter of fact, they'll go make their place before anybody eat. Make the plates, put them in the car, and come back like, what are we going to eat? No, you ain't bring no ice or nothing. So this is what a thief does. He doesn't come except to steal or kill or destroy. But on the other hand, we have Christ, Jesus, the Lord, who says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it. So he's not a thief. He's a giver. Amplified Classic, we read this. says the thief comes only. See that only? Read it with me. Ready? Go. Only in order to what? Steal and, and destroy. 
came. This is Jesus. That they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Come on. Somebody yell out much more. That's what he said. I okay that you might have life, have it in abundance till it overflows. What does it overflow mean? It means you have one size container and you keep pouring in into it until it overflows. That means you put much more in it than it can handle. So he said, I came to give you a much more life. Much more what? Much more of everything you want. All right, I'll move on. Give me John 10, 10 in the, the disciples' uh, New Testament. Disciples living New Testament. It says, the thief does not come except that he may steal and kill. Come on, read it. And destroy. I came. I want you to see that, that, that delineation there. This is the, the disciples' literal, literal New Testament. Because if you read it from the Greek, it, the, the, the literal meaning of that is not that you just have life more abundantly. It's that you have life and abundance. See, this life is that Zoe, that eternal life you receive, that everlasting life that begins the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ. You live that eternal abundant life. But he says, I want you to have that life and have abundance. So not just life abundantly, but an abundance of everything. Ask your neighbor, could you use a little bit more? Could you use more? Pause, time out. Pastor, why do you keep telling us to tell people stuff? Because some of y'all ain't saying nothing. You ain't doing, you ain't engaged at all. And I taught you last year how to behave in church. So you can get what God has for you. So all I'm trying to do is get you engaged so that you can let this into your spirit. Because if you let this just be in your head, head knowledge will produce nothing in your life. You've got to get, you've got to work hard right now while you're sitting here to let this word get into your spirit. Or else your 2025 going to look worse than 2023. So that you may have it. May, you may have abundance. Everybody say abundance. abundance. This is much more. Give me John 10, 10 in the message Bible, please. No, that's, I think I sent y'all these verses particularly because I know, I know they, the message jumbles this all up together. That's why I send y'all my notes exactly the way I want it because I can't read that. <laughs> y'all help me, help me, help me back there. Y'all, y'all can see that, but I can't see that. Lord, have mercy. Well, good thing I wrote it down, Elder Baker. Here's what the message says, that part that I wanted. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So Satan comes to give you a nightmare. Jesus comes to give you a dream. Satan comes like Freddy Krueger in the middle of the night. 
<laughs> Jesus comes to give you a whole dream life. Oh, can I, can I help you with that? In fact, more and better than you dreamed of. More and better. Now, some of y'all have some pretty big dreams, and God says, yeah, 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 I know. But I came to give you more and better than you dreamed of. Y'all see this here. So he came to give us better lives, much more than we ever dreamed. Now, I want to I give you just a, 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 a situation here, especially looking at those who may not know Christ, Lord and Savior. I want you to imagine this for a second. Imagine, imagine a young lady living with some no-good bum. Can you see it? You, 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 probably, you probably put a face to that right away, didn't you? Imagine a young lady living with some no-good bum who doesn't pay any bills but uses her, disrespects her, cheats on her, and beats on her all the time. I hear you. She goes to church, hears about a wonderful man who's always loved her. And wants to marry her and take good care of her the rest of her life. You would think she's a fool if she went back to that no good man. Wouldn't you? I hope you would. I did say he was no good man. They just live together. He ain't paying any bills. They're just shacking. He's not paying the bills. Beating her up, cheating on her, using her, abusing her. But there's a man she hears about at church who's always loved her. Always had a crush on her. And he's loaded. He wants to marry her and take good care of her her whole life. You would think she's a fool to go back to that no good man. But what if she told you she'd be, been with that no good man for seven years? What if she told you that they have children together? Should she stay? Huh? No, why not? Why not? You would tell her, wouldn't you tell her, girl, he ain't no good? You better go to this man over here who loves you. He loaded, and all he wants to do is take care of you and your children. Yet that's the same scenario when people come out of the world, come to church, hear about a man named Jesus who's always loved them, always crushed on them, He's loaded, wants to marry you, and take good care of you the rest of your life. And yet some of the devil can convince folk right up in church to keep going back to that no good, pay no bills, lying on you, cheating on you, beating on your devil. I knew it would get quiet right there, right there, right there. 
And what fights people is the devil telling them, no, he ain't, no, he ain't no good. Girl, you know ain't nobody else going to like you like I like, like I like you. What the devil knows is that if you leave him and go to Jesus, you're going to go from a whole lot of nothing to much more of everything. Remember 2 Chronicles chapter 25, I showed you that. This is New Year's Eve night. Remember 2 Chronicles 25, 9, I showed you this on New Year's Eve night. Then Amaziah said to the man of God, remember Amaziah, King Amaziah had hired, spent $2.6 million to hire some soldiers that he thought he needed, but they weren't saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. Amaziah said to the man of God, because the man of God told him, hey, send them back. Don't, don't let them go with you because God ain't with them. Amaziah said to the man of God, but what shall we do about the 100 talents, the 2.6 mil, which I've given to the troops of Israel? What am I going to do? Because I spent 2.6 million on them. And the man of God answered. This is my, my word to somebody here this morning. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. My instruction for you this morning is stop holding on to what's holding you back. Stop holding on to what's holding you back. You can be so familiar and so comfortable with the past and your present that you forsake and forego a glorious future. Because where you are is comfortable. It's your idea. You thought it was a good idea and you invested time and energy and effort into it. But this year, I want you to stop holding on to you. I'm talking about 2024. In 2024, tell your neighbor, let it, let it go. Let it, let it go. Let it, let it, let it go. Let go of your ideas. They're not working. Let go of your pride. It's not working. Let go of your arrogance. It's not working. Let go of your heartiness. It's not working. Let go of your grumbling and complaining. It's not working. Let go of your rebellion. It's not working. I told you this other week. I said, stop trying to innovate and just imitate. When God puts patterns in front of you in your life, stop trying to come up with your own idea. Don't keep trying to reinvent the wheel. The wheel already is already done and it works. If what you had was working, you would have been out of the debt and out of the hole and in the prosperity and blessed and all of everything good and enjoying life by now. But it ain't working. So let it go. God ain't with that. Let me keep going. This year God wants to move you from not enough to more than enough. To the much more. Can I give you a couple of scriptures here? Because I want to give you some instruction for this year. Something you need to know. Everybody say much more. Are y'all ready for much more? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I want to show you how God works. Because I'm talking about the Lord will give you much more. It means you don't have to go chasing it. The Lord will give it to you. He wants to give you much more. 2 Samuel 12, verse 8. This is God through the prophet Nathan talking to David. David had sinned. David was the king. 
But David sinned by taking another man's wife, Uriah's wife. Hallelujah. I imagine Uriah, when he see David in heaven, he probably had to have something to say. <laughs> come on, y'all, it's all right to laugh, y'all. Come on, golly. I said, I imagine Uriah had something to say when David made it to heaven. Like, what you doing here? I, 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 imagine, I imagine the angels probably had to hold Uriah back. Okay, y'all know the story. Okay, David stole Uriah's wife and then killed Uriah. But don't change. You got it? Okay. So, okay. Got a pregnant, had a child. All right. 2 Samuel 12, 8. So David doesn't know he's in sin. Trying to hide it. Nathan comes and says, you're the man who messed up. But I want you to hear the word of God to David that I want you to take it and see how God feels about you. He said to David, David, I gave you your master's house, Saul, and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. In other words, David, I gave you a whole kingdom. Now watch this last part. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Somebody grab a hold of that. God says, I gave you Saul's palace, Saul's kingdom. I gave you everything Saul had. I gave you the whole kingdom of Israel and Judah. And he said, if you weren't satisfied with that, I would have. I, no, notice God's mindset. Watch this. Okay, let me, let me say Y'all grab hold of this word. Grab hold of this word. Grab hold of this word. You ready? This year. How much you receive from the Lord will be up to you. If I could get one shout, I'll be happy. This, you do, are you hearing this prophetic declaration? This year, how much you receive from the Lord will be up to you. God says, David, I gave you everything. And if everything wasn't enough, I would have given you much more. I gave you house, family, kingdom, which means all the business enterprise and everything you want. You name it, I gave it to you. He said, if you somehow in your spirit felt like, you know, I want more. God said, I was not going to say, no, David, I've already given you enough. He says, no, David, the way I operate, I let you choose how much you want. So I declare this year for you that how much you receive from the Lord will be completely, totally up to you. So don't let anybody tell you this year you're expecting too much. Okay, let me help you. I, uh, we, we, we've been selling those, those little books of expectation, little calendar books for the, for the year. 
and uh, we have uh, at the opening of the book the background history of the, how that all works and how, you know, God's system of financial increase every day. And then we talked about, you know, there's a scripture at the bottom, uh, a declaration at the bottom about um, uh, financial miracles happen in my life every day. Then you open the book and it says, uh, Psalm 65, verse 11, you crown the year with goodness, your paths drip with abundance. Y'all, you've opened the book, right? That's the inside cover, your paths drip with abundance. You ought to be reading that every day. Right, because you're writing something every day, right? Okay, so uh, uh, every day, okay, your past drip with abundance. Then, then at the bottom, uh, there, there's a place on there for financial confession. Well, what did you write in that box? Nothing? Well, my confession, I don't write other scripture. I got plenty of scriptures in the book already. I wrote what I want. So don't be deep and write scriptures. The book is covered with scriptures. Write in there what you want. What do you expect to receive from God this year? Y'all looking at me like cows at new gates. I I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm trying to tell you, this is how this works. This is how this works. I'm trying to tell you how this works. Stop being hard-headed. Just imitate. Just imitate. All right, I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. I would tell y'all stuff, but y'all can't handle it. So how much I receive from the Lord will be up to me. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from those who rightly walk uprightly. Psalm 21 verse 2 says, You've given the king his heart's desire. You've not withheld the request of his lips. Now, this is the same King David who God was talking to in 2 Samuel 20, 12 verse 8. You've given the king his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. So that means that whatever your heart desires and whatever your lips request, God will give it to you. I wish I had some a faith church. Where's, where are my faith people? Are they in the back? Whatever your heart desires, whatever your lips request, is what you will have this year. Okay, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Matthew 6.30. We're just showing you how the Lord will give you much more. Matthew 6.30. The words of Jesus. He says, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you Oh, you of little faith. So God closed the grass, which is just, grass passes away. It's it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. He says, will he not much more clothe you? Everybody say much more. So he will much more clothe me, but notice this part of the end. Oh, you of little faith. In 2024, the Lord will give you more than your faith can grab. Y'all better, no, that's for three of y'all. This year, he's going to give you more than your faith can grab. No, Pastor, I got to receive it by faith. You don't understand, God is bigger than your faith. I wish I had plenty of time to testify, I testify. 
my wife and I, we're, we're living beyond our faith. Our faith, our faith couldn't receive all that God has done for us. Our faith wasn't at that level. God took us, has taken us, and is taking us beyond our faith level. One of the reasons why, ask me why. Because he doesn't want us to take pride in our faith. What happens in the church is some folk will take pride in their faith. Look what my faith did. I grabbed it by faith. And God says, I don't want you to take pride in your faith. So I got to go over and beyond your faith so that you don't get prideful about your faith. So that you don't have faith in faith. You have faith in God. So your faith will go as far as it can. But something comes along called grace. Your faith will get you to a certain point, but grace will step in and finish the job. Somebody say, faith, say, say grace is going to finish the job. Did you catch what I just said to you? Grace, your faith will take you so far, Chris, but grace comes along. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We access grace by faith. So faith will get you so far, but it'll tap into a grace, and grace makes up the difference. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm hearing stuff right now. So, so one, once, thank you, Holy Spirit. Once grace takes me beyond my faith, now my faith increases. But once my faith increases, grace more abounds. Because I wish I could get somebody here. God will never let you catch up to his grace with your faith. He will always outdo your faith. So you're never comfortable in just your faith. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we what? Now, asking and thinking is a, is a work of your faith. If you're going to ask, the Bible says let him ask in faith. So you can ask and think on a certain level, but he says he's going to do, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above because he's going to outdo you. Notice he said, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you have little faith. No, notice he didn't, he didn't say, well, because you only have, have little faith, um, he can't do it. He said, no, even though you have little faith, he's going to much more clothe you. So I declare this year he's going to give you more faith more than your faith can grab. Can I keep going? Verse, Matthew 7, verse 11. Matthew 7, verse 11. I'm not going to preach so hard if y'all ain't going to grab it. I'm just going to stand here and I'm just going to stand here and talk and read to y'all. 
Do you want to go higher? Do you want much more? God wants you to go higher. God wants to do much more in your life. Much more than you want him to do. And for sure, he's got to find somebody who will get it. He may not find everybody, but if you find somebody who will let him do it, let your role get it. Let my, my role, we're going to get it. And don't judge me if I come out with much more than you do. I told you it's up to you. Are you in Matthew 7, verse 11? Jesus says this, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You ready for this? You've got to make an adjustment in your life now. In 2024, your prayers will release the bounties of heaven into your life. In 2024, your prayers, y'all didn't like that part. Notice how nobody shouted. Your prayers will release the bounties of heaven into your life. Which means if you want much more, you're going to have to pray much more. Because he says, he won't he give more, much more to those who ask him? So you're going to have to ask him for some things. You're going to have to seek God's face, petition him. That means your prayer life needs to be better than it was last year. I can't see nobody out there. See how quiet y'all are? See, because, because you, don't, you, you want God to just do it. But see, you got to catch this. He doesn't want you to go after things and lose him. That's why you have to ask him. That's why you have to pray. Because in prayer, you're going to fellowship with him. And this is bad English, but him is more important than it. Because if you can get comfortable with him, with him comes everything. Thank you, Lord. People know by now, if you go out to eat with him, you can leave your wallet home. Whether it's five, ten, or twenty, Oh God, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to make you a little mad so you get mad at where you are. But while you're sleeping, I'm praying.
Are uh, you spending time playing video games? I'm spending time worshiping the Lord. Come on, sir. Talk about Because I don't care nothing about stuff. I care about Him. My wife and family tell you I don't care nothing about stuff. I, I, what you want for Christmas? What you want? For Christmas? I, I don't care. Just do do whatever you want to do. What moves me is can I fellowship with Jesus? And because y'all mad, I, I can tell. Because I do that, he keeps bringing stuff to me. I'm going to say it. I don't care about you being mad. I'm going to say it that because I spend time with him and fellowship with him. He keeps giving me much more than I ask for. You have to, this year, shift your prayer life. Because the only way you're going to get God to release his bounties is through prayer. And when you pray, he's going to tell you to do something. That's right. You can't pray in a hurry. On your way out the door to work. It's quiet in here. I, I got it. I see the problem. I see the problem with no glasses on. I can see the problem now. I see the problem while some of y'all are struggling. You're still broke, still sick, still busted, still keep losing everything because you have no prayer life. Give God zero time, but want him to give you 100% of everything. He ain't going to do it. He ain't going to do it. I said he ain't going to do it. I said he ain't going to do it. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. The secret of the Lord, Psalm 25, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. God has secrets and mysteries he wants to show you, but they are only revealed through prayer. All right, I got one more. One more. Hebrews 9, 13 through 15. Hallelujah. Hebrews 9, 13 through 15. Hallelujah. Pastor, you shouldn't yell at us about prayer. Well, what am I supposed to yell at you about? Because if you don't pray, and I don't mean all the time you doing all the talking. Sometimes you have talked too much. Shut up and listen to God. Let him talk. Thank him, praise him, worship him. Let him know what things you're, you, you know you're asking him for, but also ask him some, every once in a while, uh, most of the time, really, God, what do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? I was praying this morning. I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on, Joe. I'm going to move on, Joe. Praying this morning and ask the Lord, you know, just talking to him and just 
not asking anything, anything in particular. I just worshiped the Lord in prayer. And I was saying, Lord, you know what? What's, what, what do you want me to do? What, what's, what changes you need to see? And he told me this. So y'all, y'all just listen because you're part of this church. He said, I need you to shift the priority of the ministry. He said, you've made my top concerns your lowest priority. Okay, I know what he's talking about. He wants evangelism and outreach to be our top priority. He said, you've been doing in-reach and discipleship. Do that, but make evangelism and outreach a top priority. Yes, sir. So I'm just announcing to you, we're shifting. I said, well, Lord, what about the building? The building. We need this building. Don't worry about the building. I take care of that. You go get them souls. See, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you pray. You find out the heart of God. And when you find the heart of God, he will give you the desires of your heart. All right, let me finish. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get on a plane. I gotta fly out. I gotta fly. I'll be back. I'm just, I'm flying out. And I'll be right back. So don't you skip Wednesday. I'll be right back. I gotta, I gotta go preach in Frankfurt. I'm flying up and coming right back. Maybe they'll listen to what I got to say. <laughs> Hebrews 9, 13 through 15. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean yes. sanctifies for the pure vine of the flesh, how much more, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. So notice that the blood of Christ shall much more cleanse your conscience. From dead works. From dead works. To serve the living God. And for this reason, he's the mediator of a new covenant. By means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, watch this, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So notice that Jesus Christ, through the new covenant, brought us the eternal inheritance. But what he says here in Hebrews is the reason why most of us can't take part in the new covenant promise inheritance is because we have consciences that are not clean. Because we're saved. We're walking with God. But the devil keeps reminding us of the dead works of the old man. 
I don't know if, if you are like me, but there are many times I've repented before God about stuff from 20 years ago. Because the devil brings back to my remembrance the times I fell short, the times I let God down. I, I know y'all been perfect your whole little life. I, I'm proud of you. But I've let God down before. I've fallen short. And the devil knows how to bring those things back. And God has reminded me that no, 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 no. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed. And I'm going to go and reapply this blood and purge your conscience clean. Because here's the thing. If your conscience condemns you, you have no confidence toward God. That's what the word of God says. If your conscience condemns you, you have no confidence toward God. So the reason why many of us can't receive from God is because the devil keeps beating us up with our old stuff. But this year I decree, here's my final decree, you better catch this. This year you will break all strongholds of sin, guilt, and condemnation and live in the fullness of your inheritance this year. No more guilt. No more shame. No more condemnation. No more feeling low. No more demonic attacks. Every stronghold of sin, of guilt, and condemnation, every stronghold of shame is broken over your life and you will live this year in the fullness of your inheritance. Stand on your feet and give God a praise. The devil wants to guilt you out of your inheritance. He wants to guilt you out of the promises. He wants to guilt you out of the goodness of God. He wants to guilt you out of God's much more. And what will happen if you let this guilt and condemnation stay there? God will do something and bless you and you won't receive it all. You'll, you'll try to put a cap on what God does. God will come with a word, a promise, and the guilt won't let you receive it. He'll give a vision and the guilt will tell you that's too much. How could I receive that? How could I walk in that after all I've done with all my past? Today, I declare you are requalified to receive all God has for you. Tell your neighbor, you are requalified. devil is good about telling us, Christopher, you've disqualified yourself. How's that walking one day 
And I was, remember I was right about at, there's a church near our house. I was, sometimes I walk up in their property and when I'm walking, I'll be praying. And I heard in my spirit, you're requalified. You're requalified. Because God and I are having these conversations. And I keep hearing these things that God is saying, vision and prophetic words. The same time here comes the devil. You're disqualified. You're not qualified for that. He's an adversary. And, and what I'll do is, when I say I, you and I, you, we all probably have done it, is we will even tell God we're not qualified. And God and I have been having that kind of conversation. And finally, rather than him just keep arguing with me, he just said, okay, you're requalified. <laughs> I was like, what? He said, okay, you're requalified. He will much more purge your conscience clean by the blood of Jesus. When your, pur- your conscience is purged clean, you can now receive the much more God has for you. Something happens when you pray. Something happens when you spend quality time with the Lord throughout the day. Meaning don't just pray, do your little prayer time in the morning and the rest of the day just think about everything else. Stay in this constant communion with the Spirit of God all day long. Well, Pastor, I got to work. You know I got to work. Okay. When you're at work, you meditating on your bills. You meditate on your raggedy relationship. Stop meditating on that. Meditate on the Word of God while you're working. Just meditate on that. Just talk to God. You can talk to God. Talk to God. Because it's through prayer that heaven's bounty is going to be released in your life. This year, The Lord had me take down all of our fasting days. We had fasting days set for this whole year. The Lord had me take them down. Don't, don't do any set fasting days for the church. When, when did he do that? The last time we fasted, our last fasting day in December, I was fasting, I was praying all day long. And he said, don't do this next year. Okay. No, you got to fast on your own. You got to want it for yourself. See, if it's, if it's a scheduled thing we all do, then we, it's, you just do it. And mo- most of y'all grudge your way through it. Oh, Lord, it's past there again. Most of y'all forget. Oh, 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 wow. oh, Lord. Because it's not you. It's not, it's not you. It's not important. It's not valuable. Now, there are going to be times when God will tell us, okay, the church, I want y'all to go on three days fast. Okay, we're going to do that. All right. 
but it's important this year that you much more everything yourself. On my own, I fast once a week. On, on my own, regardless. Because I gotta, I gotta grow, man. I got. I'm not gonna tell you to do something I don't do. You, you've got. You and I have to. I'm going to just tell you this and get mad next Tuesday. I'm already living the dream. I am already living the dream. I'm already living. Only thing now, Chris, I'm dreaming bigger. I'm dreaming bigger. Got a great God. Great wife, great children, a great life. I'm living a dream. I'm living a dream. Don't it feel like a dream, Jonathan? Grandparents are that person next to you. God, you're the God of much more. In fact, one of your names is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. The all-sufficient God who is more than enough. So much more is part of your name. That's how big you are. I mean, God, you told David that if what you gave him was enough, you would have freely given him much more. Lord, he, he seemed like he had everything. God, I pray that this, your people, will come past all the roughness of my voice, the toughness of the message, and grab a hold of the meat of this word today. The challenge, the charge to pray more than ever. To pray more than ever. To fast more than ever. Even as you already challenged me, to give more than ever. To fellowship more than ever to not grumble and complain, to not grumble about other people, but to just rejoice in you. And to make room in my life for the much more you have. I pray that your people do the same thing, that God, every person in this room makes room for the much more. I go back to your word. You said if we obey and serve you, we will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure. If we obey and serve you, we will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasures. If we obey and serve you, we will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasures. If we obey and serve you, we will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasures. If we obey and serve you, 
We will spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasures. God, that's what every person on this planet wants. Every person on this planet, saved or unsaved, male or female, black or white, that's what every person on this planet wants. Is to spend their days in prosperity. Spend their years in pleasure. That's what everybody wants. And God, you've told us how to do it. If we obey and serve you, that'll be our lot in life. I thank you for much more. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross, shed his own innocent blood so that we could have much more. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that we through his poverty can have much more. Can be made rich. Thank you. That's how much you loved us and that's how much you want us to have this much more abundant life. We receive it. We receive it. We don't reject what you're trying to do. We receive it. We receive it today. And God will move out anything that we've been holding on to that's holding us back so we can receive what you have for us in our lives. I thank you for this. I give you the praise. I give you the glory that this year there'll be testimony after testimony after testimony week after week after week of the great things you're doing in the lives of your people. So we thank you for the whole year in advance. We praise you for the whole year in advance. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Take your seats very quickly. We're going to pass out our communion. Oh